VoiceAmerica.com. Welcome to Positive Living, the program that brings you practical and inspiring principles for living more authentic, engaging, and passionate lives. Created by Patricia Raskin, a catalyst for positive change. All comments, views, and opinions expressed on this program are solely those of the host, guest, and callers. Now, with Positive Living, here's Patricia Raskin. everyone and welcome to Positive Living. I'm Patricia Raskin, right here on voiceamerica.com. You know, I always say this, it's such an honor and a pleasure to be with you each week on Voice America and to bring you the best of the best, to bring you people who will help you turn your obstacles into opportunities and your problems into solutions and really help you to make your dreams come true. I've been doing this kind of work for 25 years. I was one of the pioneers in Internet radio. I came on to Voice America, I think, six or seven years ago. They'd been on the air maybe a year or two when the Internet was really rare in terms of doing this kind of programming. They went from maybe 20 shows to now over 200. The Internet is burgeoning and booming with this kind of wonderful information that inspires people. So I tell all of you and I encourage all of you to certainly listen to my show, Positive Living, and look up my site, patriciaraskin.com. But go to other shows on Voice America. Go to shows, and there are many networks on Voice America. Go to shows that really help you to create the kind of life you want. And that's exactly what this program does. Today is no exception. If you are listening live on Monday, December 29th, between 2 and 3 p.m. Eastern and 11 and noon uh, a.m. Pacific, you can give us a call right here on Voice America at 866-472-5788. Today we are talking about addictive thinking and addictive behaviors. And I was saying to my guests that I think we all have some form of addictions, whether it's too much TV, too much shopping, too much coffee, too much food, too much everything, um, that, that we, all of us have something. The name of the book is Keep It Simple and Sane, Freeing Yourself from Addictive Thinking. And my guest is Barb Rogers. She is a professional costume designer the founder of Broadway Bazaar Costumes, and the authors of two books on costuming. In 1990, or in the 90s, she moved to Arizona to focus on her writing. She's the author of 25 Words, How the Serenity Prayer Can Save Your Life, and Clutter Junkie, No More. Welcome, Barb. Well, thank you, Pat. Okay, what I want to know is how you went from being a professional costume designer to a writer about addictive thinking. Well, I I had been a professional costumer for a number of years and had my own business, and um, I got sick, really sick, with Graves' disease, and I had had to go through a lot of eye surgeries and four-year recovery period where I couldn't costume, and uh, I couldn't do housework, I couldn't drive a car. But one thing I could do, my husband brought me home an old typewriter, and I started writing. And they they always say to write what you know about, and I knew a lot about costuming, so I started with that. And uh, the other thing I knew a lot about was addiction because I lived through a lot of it. And you went through your pain. own addiction. Pardon? You went through your own addiction. Yes, several <laughs> addictions, as a matter of fact. Um, you know... Or when you say that, how did you make the decision to get through it? 
Did you wake up one day and say, this is enough, <clears throat> I've had it? Or was it just, um, did it take you a long time? How did, how did that defining moment come for you? Well, I, um, I had been in a mental hospital when I was 20, I guess 26, uh, for uh, alcoholism, addiction. And um, after I had lost, I had buried two children and my mother, and I just drank all now, the time. Now let's go back to that. That's very you had you had lost two children right. and your I mom buried around two the same time. Two of my children and my mother. That's very difficult. And that's, that's I was very just tough. this. I went to this doctor who told me to drink brandy before I went to bed at night and. It didn't take long to take hold. <laughs> really? And, of course, this was, you know, back years ago before they really talked a lot about alcoholism and stuff. That interesting. And so that taking that brandy is what got you started? Well, I think so. Uh, my parents were alcoholic, you know, most of my family, alcoholic or drug addicted. So I think I, I was ready before I ever put it in my mouth, you know, <laughs> and growing up the way I did. And, you know, low self-esteem, low self-worth, you know, all the yeah. things that go along with addiction. And uh, so when I started drinking, it just took hold very quickly. And by the time I was 25, I drank myself into a mental institution. And when I got out there, I didn't drink for a while. And then my oldest son was killed when he turned 15. I was just 30. I had him when I was 15. Is this the third one now or yeah. the second one? And when the my third oldest one. son was killed, I almost drank myself to death. So so now you're telling us you had three children that died. Right. And you have three children, period. Yes. Mm. Wow. Tough. And my mother committed suicide in me during that time. And so, I, you know, I was, it was just loss after loss after, you know, traumatic loss and... Uh, the alcohol seemed like the only thing that, and drugs, whatever I could put in my mouth that made me feel better at that time, or numbed my feelings, I should say. Uh, uh, Bob, a question. Did you, did the work you do in costume designing help? Did it, did that help you at all? Like when you designed costumes, did that help to relieve some of the pain because it was creative? Oh, definitely. I think anything creative helps. Yeah. Any, any way I can express myself in a positive way yes. is, is definitely helps me. So that's something you would definitely suggest to people is oh, do yeah. your creative thing. When I first got sober, they told me to find a hobby. <laughs> well, I didn't have any money, you know, and I, I didn't have much to do, but I, I got an old sheet at a uh, rummage sale and some fabric paints for very little money and started making a quilt <laughs> and painting pictures on these squares I cut out of this sheet. They they encouraged me to do that, to keep my mind from wandering all the time. It helped me focus on more positive things. And now you work with people. People call you and you work with them to help them. Right. Can you give us some things, one of the first things you say to folks? Well, it depends on the individual, but I just ask them, you know, what's going on? And 
then they when they tell me what's going on, if it's something I can relate, you know, something that I've been through, then I do that. You know, it's it's sharing our our experience, strength, and hope with each other. You know that there's a solution. I think that's the thing is there is a solution, and I care about you. Sometimes it just takes knowing what other person cares. You know, to make a difference in your life. Connection piece. Yes. So the addiction is filling up that void or that loss of connection. Right. Because when I, you asked me when I, when it hit me that I needed help, when I was ready to give up my life, I made the choice to either get help or die. And I apparently didn't want to die. (laughs) Do you have been talking to people that there usually is a defining moment? Oh, definitely. And they like hit bottom and say, okay, that's it. Yes, there is. Some people don't have to hit as hard a bottom as I did, you know, and lose everything and everybody and be ready to give up their life. A lot of times it's through a DUI or um, losing a loved one, you know, uh, through our addictions and Things like that. It can be so many things, but I think you just know when enough's enough. When you you're not willing to give anything else up. Yeah. Oh, well, we're going to go to break in a couple of minutes, but let let me ask you this before we go to break, and we have plenty more to discuss. What would you say to somebody right now? Give us one tip that you'd say to somebody who's struggling with an addiction, whether it's drugs, alcohol, sex, computers, gambling, um, or food? Well, I would tell them to seek out someone who's already traveled the path that they're wishing to go down. Okay. You know, why travel your path alone if you can get help? And isn't it also important, would you agree, that you need somebody who won't judge you, who will not put you down, who will not say... Oh, you know, you're stupid, you're dumb, and you shouldn't have done that again. Well, I think that's the importance of finding someone who's already been down that path because right. someone who's already been through it will be a lot less prone to judge you, <laughs> you know, because they don't want to be judged. Right. Okay. All right. And uh, your book is Keep It Simple and Sane, and it's a lovely little book, and it, it does keep it simple. And the subtitle is Freeing Yourself from Addictive Thinking. Right. And um, and people can get this online? They can get it online. They can get it through any of the bookstores um, on, online, or, or they can get order it from their bookstore. Some of the bookstores carry them. I don't know which ones they're in right now. <laughs> and they can also get them through my website. I want to read you before we go to break. I want to read, folks, uh, an endorsement on the back from Karen Casey, Ph.D., who is the author of Codependence and the Power of Detachment. Here's what she says. Barb Rogers weaves her tragic story of addiction and miraculous recovery within the tapestry of thoughtful and sensible suggestions for discovering and maintaining a lifetime of peace. She is a wonderful example of what the promises tell us await us. Beautiful. All right, my guest today is Barb Rogers, and she's the author of Keep It Simple and Sane. She is a costume designer professionally, and she has been through addiction and has written on 
25 words, how the serenity prayer can save your life, clutter junkie no more, and now keep it simple and sane. Um, do you have a website? Yes, I do. And it is? BarbRogersInspirations.com. Bob, Barb, B-A-R-B, Inspirations.com. No, it's Barb Rogers Inspirations. Barb Rogers Inspiration with an S. Yes. Dot com. All right, folks, you're listening to Positive Living. I'm Patricia Raskin. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. Your voice counts. Call toll-free 1-866-472-5787. 1-866-472-5787. VoiceAmerica.com. Here's a show for baseball players, coaches, parents, and those who love the game. At least 90% of sports success, including baseball, requires mental strength in order to fully benefit from technical ability. And the higher the competition level, the more critical it becomes to possess mental muscle. Tune in every Tuesday at 4 p.m. Pacific time to Championship Thinking, hosted by Jim Meyer and brought to you by the National High School Baseball Coaches Association. Jim, sports psychology coach, trainer, and author of numerous articles and the workbook, Championship Thinking, Building Mental Muscle in Baseball, simplifies the mental game with easy to understand tools and tips with his weekly guests jim draws from successes with professionals college high school and youth teams coaches and players learn how to remain confident and focused at crunch time when pressure tension and anxiety like to make an uninvited appearance tune in and tune up your mental and technical knowledge and skills with championship thinking every tuesday at 4 p.m pacific time right here on america's voice voice america hey dad what can't get the ketchup bottle open here, let me try. Here you go. Thanks. You don't have to be a hero to be a hero. When you adopt a child from foster care, just being there makes all the difference. To learn more, call 1-888-200-4005. A public service announcement brought to you by Adopt US Kids, the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, and the Ad Council. Had an accident? The people you may encounter may be attorneys, doctors, and insurance agents. How do you protect yourself and your family? Tune into Meeting by Accident with attorney Tom Woodruff, an experienced trial attorney and former legislator. Attorney Woodruff and his expert guests assist and inform on what to do in a crisis, what steps to take, what to avoid, and most important, what you need to know to get through the process. Meeting by Accident broadcasts every Tuesday at 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern, on the Voice America channel. Because being informed makes all the difference. Tune into Meeting by Accident with attorney Tom Woodruff. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com.
and you listening, you're helping me make my dream come true. And by the same token, by listening, I'm helping you make your dream come true. It's a win-win because of the amazing people that I have on that really show you how you can turn your life around. And today is a really shining example of that. My guest is Barb Rogers. The name of her book is Keep It Simple and Sane, Freeing Yourself from Addictive Thinking. This is a woman who has really been through it. She's been through alcohol addiction. She has almost ended her life. She has lost three children and a mother in a short period of time. And she is a professional costume designer and the author of two books on costuming. And when she went through her addiction and then her recovery, she started writing these books. And she wrote 25 Words, How the Serenity Prayer Can Save Your Life, Clutter Junkie No More. And now her, her newest book is Keep It Simple and Sane, Freeing Yourself from Addictive Thinking. And you can log on to her website, which is barbrogersinspirations.com. Welcome back, Barb. Thanks. Well, you know, in your book, you talk about 24 simple ideas in four sections. You talk about the mind. You talk about the emotions, about spirituality, and about physicality. Right. Talk about the mind. What are some things we can do with our mind? Well, I think one of the first things to think about is what the old stuff in our mind that we've accumulated over the years, old um, labels that have been put on us. And, you know, if someone tells you you're stupid long enough, you begin to, you know, and often enough, you begin to believe you're stupid and you begin to act stupid. And, and, and that's what happens when we grow up in an atmosphere where we're not nurtured. Rather, you know, we're, we're with someone who's very critical or other people who are very critical that are important in our lives, like teachers or parents or priests or whoever. And that instills these old thoughts in our mind. And then they go into adulthood with us. We carry those on and until we are aware that what where they came what they are and where they came from. So do you think do you think, Barb, that one of the most important things we can do for ourselves is get support? Oh, definitely. Definitely. I do. I don't. It doesn't matter if it's through. I use you know a twelve step program, but it doesn't matter if it's through you know religion, through twelve step, through counseling, therapy. Bob, what do you think about labels? You know, when you, I'm an alcoholic. I'm a food <laughs> addict. I'm a, 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 I'm a sex addict. You know, I'm a shopaholic. What do you think about those labels? Well, I think it's if we're saying it about ourselves, I think it's okay to do that because that's an awareness of what's going on with us. I just don't think we should put them on other people. You know, I have no my, right my question, to tell another The reason person. I asked you that, my question is, is that it's kind of like when you say, when people tell us we're stupid, we start to believe it. Mm-hmm. So if we keep telling ourselves we're an addict, is that good for us to know that and to keep drumming it in, even if we've stopped that behavior like 10 years ago? I stopped 26 years ago. And you still call yourself an addict? And I still I call myself a recovering alcoholic because... I know that I'm one drink away, that something could happen. I've, I've known people 32 years. I knew one guy who's 32 years sober who drank. Hmm. You know, and I've over the 26 years I've been around 12-step programs, I've seen too many go out and die hmm. thinking they were well. So what, I know what me I'm well hearing, enough to know that I no can't No matter what it is, we're vulnerable, me. and we have to remember that. Yeah. 
that we, even if we've stopped the behavior, it can turn on us on a dime. Right. And, and that it, instead it, of blaming ourselves, oh, we're no good, why do we have this, it's, it's part of what we have. It's our makeup. Right. So accept it and, and work with it. Exactly. It is what it is, you know, and it comes down to dealing, uh, facing it and dealing with it. Why, for whatever reason, it's there, it's there. Yeah. And it first has to be dealt with. Then you can get into the reasons behind it. All right, so in the mind, what you talk about is getting support, getting people you can talk to. Right. All right, any others in the mind area? Well, I think uh, one of the things that I talk about in in that is uh, the social engineering that we face every day, and it's what we think, you know, what we're told we should be to be a success in life, what we should have, what we should look like. Yeah. You know, all these shoulds, and uh, it's very difficult, I think, to separate ourselves, who we really are, from all those expectations. You know, I am what I am. I don't look like I should, according to (laughs) Vogue magazine or whatever. You know, I, I don't act like I should to be uh, socially acceptable in some things, in, you know, in some, some settings, but that doesn't make me wrong. It doesn't make me not fit in. It just makes me who I am. And that's self-acceptance. Yeah, learning to understand who you are and accept who you are and not try to fit in the molds that society sets forth. All right, let's look at emotions. You okay. 24 simple ideas in four sections. What do you talk about in your book about emotions? Well, in terms of dealing with the addiction and freeing yourself from it. Well, it's hard. It, feelings are like tools. We get to have a feeling to, to handle every situation that comes up. We have a feeling for it. You know, uh, somebody dies, we're sad. Somebody's born, we're happy. You know, and just. Each feeling is a tool to be used for certain things. But what happens is that when um, when we start getting mixed up, and this is, a, I'm not being real clear, I guess. <laughs> you are. It's, it's taking responsibility for our feelings. When something happens, why am I feeling the way I am? You know, especially when you get into negative feelings. Uh-huh. Like road rage, somebody passes you on the interstate and, and gets too close, or you know, gets follows you too close, and and I, and why does someone get so angry at some little thing like that? You have to ask. That's yourself. not the real thing. That's no. not what it's triggered. That's just the trigger. That's a trigger, exactly. And and so we need to look deeper to find out what it is in this person. What it, if this is you know feelings that of hate that they've been harboring for years and they use this as an excuse to lash out. See, most negative feelings are used as an escape or an excuse. Yes. Anger is used as an excuse to self-destruct. One of the things that I read is that addiction is triggered by, I think it's four emotions. One is being tired, being angry, 
Hungry, angry, lonely. Lonely, yeah, lonely, and I guess, and hungry. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that will that will get you moving in the in the area of the behavior. Certainly, anger's the you know, and loneliness are two of the worst emotions for those in addiction. I actually asked that question to an addiction specialist. I said, of those four, which one is the toughest? And guess what he said? Lonely. Yep. <laughs> Lonely. I understand and I'll tell you, that. And, and that's something that I that I have dealt with. And he said to me, "It's a human condition." Mm-hmm. He said, "Because when you think about it, we're all we're all alone." In a I way, mean, yes. No matter what, I mean, you're still you're still your own person. Yes. And it was it was very insightful. All right, so um, so what you're saying in the emotion, if I'm reading this correctly, is that you have to own that feeling. Yes. In other words, you don't escape from it. You say, "I'm angry." I'm lonely, I'm tired, I'm hungry. Yes, and then do something about it. What do you do with the loneliness, Barb? Do you just sit with it? Or do you get up and go do something? What do you do? Well, I I haven't felt lonely for a long time, but um, what happened to me was I'm, after about um, three years in recovery, I had a spiritual awakening, and Something happened in me that day. I, a man I knew at a meeting told me one time, he said, the day's going to come, you're going to get on your knees or you're going to get drunk. And I really didn't believe that until that day came, about three years into recovery, and I was going to get drunk. And uh, I was about to lose someone else in my life that I loved. And... uh Remembered that man saying that to me, and after all day of thinking about uh, drinking, <laughs> I was on my way out to go get drunk, and his voice was just there with me, and I fell to the floor and asked God for help. And, and you didn't drink. And from that moment on, uh, I've never felt alone again. And did you drink? No. No, I didn't. Something ha- you know, I've heard a lot about different kinds of spiritual awakenings, but all mine was, was a matter. It just felt like someone put their arms around me and said, Barb, it's going to be okay. And I think, you know, that's all I needed my whole life is somebody to put their arms around me and say, it's going to be okay. And I don't think you're alone. I think that so many people would agree with you. Yes. Such a simple thing. We're going to take a break. Very powerful, Barb. My guest today is Barb Rogers. Her book is Keep It Simple. Insane, freeing yourself from addictive thinking. This is a woman who went through alcohol addiction, almost took her own life. She's lost three children. She had three. She lost her mother. She's a professional costume designer, and she's written books on costuming, but also books on prayer, and now Keep It Simple and Sane. You can log on to her website, barbrogersinspirations.com. Listening to Positive Living. I'm Patricia Raskin, right here on voiceamerica.com. Stay tuned, folks. There's more. We'll be right back.
Ask the experts. Call toll-free right now, 1-866-472-5787. Hello? And ask our all-star team to answer your questions. That's 1-866-472-5787. Thank you for calling. VoiceAmerica.com. Wine and Women is not your boring wine geek show. It is rather a fresh, fast-paced approach featuring interesting stories and entertaining segments about wine and wine-related topics through a warm and chatty format that will appeal especially to women, men optional. Hosted by wine connoisseurs and luxury lifestyle experts, Julie Brosterman, Lisa Kring, Sharon Borston, and Jeanette Oku, Wine and Women takes listeners to Napa, Sonoma, and other wine regions worldwide to meet the best as well as the newest wine makers, to restaurants to meet top chefs and sommeliers, to wine-themed spas, wine country getaways, even into supermarket wine aisles where Women and Wine Angels swoops down and helps shoppers to get their wine picks and more. Women and Wine broadcasts each Thursday at 2 p.m. Pacific, 5 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America channel. Women and Wine, enjoying life one sip at a time. I can take care of myself. I can make a peanut butter sandwich. I can brush my teeth and I can give myself a bath. I can walk home alone from school. I can pick dinner from the trash behind the deli. I can watch the baby for the whole weekend. I can keep a baseball bat by my bed just in case there's trouble. Don't worry about me. I can take care of myself. If you're in jail, who'll be there to take care of your family? Something to think about before committing a gun crime. Gun crimes hit home. This message brought to you by Project Safe Neighborhoods and the Ad Council. Looking for a good time? We've got a show that will give you a wild ride. This show will make you feel good. And it's not even bad for you. You need your time to let loose. It's time for a feel-good party. Pull up to the computer, mix yourself a drink, and turn up the speakers. Happy Hour is here. Every Tuesday at 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. Eastern, it's called the biggest radio show in the world. Hosted by international personality and pundit, Michael DeMarco. You don't know what's coming next. The biggest radio show in the world on Voice America. VoiceAmerica.com Well, hello, everyone, and welcome back. Welcome back. I'm Patricia Raskin, right here on VoiceAmerica.com. This is a program that shows you how to turn your obstacles into opportunities and your problems into solutions and make your dreams come true. I'm very fortunate to have done this work for 25 years, both on television, on radio, now on the Internet. And it's, it's important work because we really, so many people look at what doesn't happen, what doesn't work, what's wrong, what's negative. And that's easy to find. It's all around us. But what does work, what's positive, what's loving and inspirational is also there for us. Right in front of us, it's also real. And it's also viable and visible, and we just have to find it and embrace it. We have a great show for you today. My guest is Barb Rogers. She's a professional costume designer, founder of Broadway Bizarre Costumes, and author of two books on costuming, but we are not talking about costuming at all. This is a woman who is very courageous. She went through her own paralyzing alcohol addiction. She lost three children, and she had three children. They all died, and she lost her mom. And she went through some really tough times and arose miraculously through recovery. She's written books on recovery, on prayer, and her latest book is Keep It Simple and Sane, Freeing Yourself from Addictive Thinking. 
And now she helps people from everywhere who call her. And she's really a wonderful counselor to people because she's been there. Welcome back, Barb. Thanks. You talk about offering 24 simple ideas in four sections. We talked about the mind. We talked about the emotions. Let's talk about spirituality. Spirituality was a tough one for me because I had, well, of course, I didn't grow up with any religion or spiritual beliefs. <clears throat> and as uh, the trauma continued in my life, I, I began to blame God. If there was a God, I blamed him <laughs> for, all, you know, my life. I hadn't had the life I wanted, and and everything just always seemed to go wrong. And and uh, when I did pray, it never worked out. You know, I prayed when my kids were sick. They died anyway. I prayed when my mom shot herself. She died anyway. I prayed when my son took off and he died. And just, you know, just one thing after another. So even when I went into a 12-step program, I decided I wasn't going to do anything that involved God and praying. <laughs> and how did uh, you get that? How did you get that back, Bob? Well, how did that come back into your life? This lady said to me one time, which I might add made me very angry. She said, "You you will experiment with insanity and death before you'll experiment with spirituality." And I didn't right? have a great fear of death, but I sure had a great fear of insanity. <laughs> I'd been down that road. <laughs> Not a fun place to end up, I can tell you. And so, as I thought about what this woman said, um, I, my mind began to open a little bit, you know. She said, why don't you try things? Just try. You don't even have to believe it. And so, I began to try things. And and another man had said to me, you, you become what you practice. And I began to understand a little more. My situation was very bad when I got sober. I had no, I had, was living in a half a garage, and I didn't have anything. And uh, I had very little money to live on. And when I started doing this, when I started practicing these things and then finally had this spiritual awakening, things weren't any different except that I felt different. I still had the same job. I still lived in the same dumpy little place and had a little car that wouldn't run. But as I walked to work, it was like my feet were lighter. My shoulders were taller, something. It was like a load had been lifted from me as I tried practicing these things. Just little by little it happened. And then one day I, I just felt free. It's kind of like but, when, but it, but it had you had to have the desire. Oh, definitely. The important thing. The willingness. I think willingness to try things that you don't necessarily believe will work. You know, it's, it's, for me, it was like experimenting with something new and seeing what happened, because what I was doing wasn't working. I was very unhappy, you know. And so, very what miserable. happened, Barb? When you started using spirituality, and how did you start to use it? Well, one when lady you started told, to do the twelve steps. Yeah, well, one lady told me to write or uh, take cut out three prayers, didn't matter what they were, or what they were from, and put them on my uh, bathroom mirror. And every morning to get up and and say them all, th- read them all three out loud. And you have to believe it; just do it. 
So I tried doing that. And I did that every day. And then the, another lady said, well, why don't you try at night being thankful for three things? Oh, I had a hard time with that. <laughs> Make a gratitude list. And, in fact, I think it's in my book. It's my very first gratitude <laughs> list that I made. And I didn't have much, but I, there had been times I didn't have as much as I did then, you know. I mean, I had a warm place to sleep and clean sheets and enough to eat. So, you know, I was ahead of the game compared to where I'd been a few times. So I learned to do try to do those things whether I believed them or not and see what happened. And and how did that work for you? Like I say, I think it was subtle at first, you know. I just didn't mind things as much. Things weren't bothering me as much. You know, I was being able to stay in the day better instead of thinking about yesterday or tomorrow. Just little things that I reacted to in a better way than I would have before. Even in sobriety, you know, I still had a lot of rage and, and anger and, and revenge feelings and resentment that I had to, I had to work my way through. And uh, but that was a be really okay. Let, let's hold that thought. What do you say when people call you and say, "Barb, I am so angry. I could throw something. I could kill someone." I'm sure you get that. Oh yeah. All the what time. do you say? <laughs> I'll say, well, what are you, you know, what are you angry about? And then if they tell me, and it's usually not what they're angry about, that's just a trigger, you know. And I try to point that out if if I believe that's true. Is they say, well, you know, my boss treated me blah blah blah, right? My boss said I wasn't good at my job or something today, and I and I say, well, were you? You know, were you doing what you were supposed to today? What's your part in this? You you need to look at it. Because we have a part not only in, in our actions, but our reactions to things and to people. So, so sometimes, you, really you know, anger is... Be is where most, they are. Anger is the most comfortable feeling for an alcoholic. Really? any addict. They immediately go to anger. Because that's the one thing they can use to deflect the world. So it sounds from what you're saying that when you become more spiritual, you give it up to God and you use the 12 steps. Right. That's one of the most helpful ways to work through this. That was how it, what worked for me, yes. Okay. You know, I I get up every day. I, like I say, I've been sober 26 years. But I get up every day and turn my will and life over to God of my understanding. Any other... Um, exercises people can do that are spiritual oh my there's just so many i you know like i say the the three prayers the three being uh doing a gratitude list at night before you go to bed uh, the gratitude list is giving thanks for what you have yeah you know something even one or two things just so you get in the habit of, of getting into gratitude uh, i have to uh have we got time for a quick story um, I think so. Okay. I think so. I went, I was living in a half a garage, and I lived in Illinois, and it snowed like the devil. And I went to my meeting and thinking well, that surely one of these people would offer me rides to work or help me fix my old car. 
And so I was whining at the meeting about it being so cold and having to walk to work. And this old man said to me, have you got good boots? And I said, yes. And he said, well, you should be thankful. And nobody offered me a ride. (laughs) But, you know, the next day as I walked to work, I thought about those boots (laughs) and being thankful. Yes, sometimes sometimes I will just, you know, I'm typing away on the computer because I use it all the time for my work, and I'm thinking, my God, thank God I have my hands. I mean, sometimes sometimes it'll just hit me, or oh, I've got my brain, yeah. I've got my mind, and, and, you know, I can still be creative, and I can still think on my feet, and, you know, what about, God forbid, people who have strokes and they lose that? I that's mean, right. It's just the things that, that are inherent that we have that keep us moving. I think that's what going back to keeping it simple means. Is looking at the basics of what we have. The awareness. All right. We're Every gonna, day. Every day of what we have. Yes. And the, and the gifts that we have, even from the things that maybe aren't working or maybe we're not making the great choices, but what is the gift in that? Right. I learned from that that helped me. You know, so maybe I chose blue instead of black and black was wrong, but what did I learn from that? Exactly. Yeah. I, I wrote a section in this book about the gifts I received in life and and they're not what you expect them to be. There weren't gifts of, they would seem like awful things, a lot of them. But they ended up being gifts. I'm sure even the alcohol was a gift. Oh, definitely. Definitely. Alcohol, my alcoholism has taken me places and to people that I would never otherwise have known. Amazing. All right. Wonderful, Barb. We're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, we're going to talk about the fourth simple idea in your fourth section, which is on physicality. We've talked about the mind and emotions and spirituality, and what are some things that you can do physically okay. to help you work through your addictions. My guest today is Barb Rogers, and this is an amazing woman who is a professional costume designer, but her book is all about addiction because she went through severe alcohol addiction. She's been sober for many, many years. She lost three children and her mother and really had a lot to deal with. And yet, she's pulled through it miraculously, and now she helps so many people. Her book is Keep It Simple and Sane, Freeing Yourself from Addictive Thinking. You can log on to barbrogersinspirations.com. You're listening to Positive Living, and I'm Patricia Raskin right here on voiceamerica.com. Stay tuned, folks. We'll be right back. Talk, talk, talk. That's all we do is talk. If you'd like to talk, call us toll-free right now at 1-866-472-5787. 1-866-472-5787. That's it. VoiceAmerica.com. If you want to put the pep back in your step, Chad Lafferty says just what you're looking for. Dance is life. Life is dance. It's only about dance. It's about moving through life with style, gaining awareness of the never-ending, ever-flowing movement that accompanies all of life's activities. Dance is life. Life is dance. Broadcast every Saturday morning at 9 a.m. Pacific, 12 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Radio Network. Be sure to tune in and tap into the limitless healing that dance can provide. Can't stop now. Dad, can I ask you something? Sure. There's this girl I kind of like. Say no more. You just have to impress her. Okay, but how? Just... 
don't know, pick up a lot of heavy things around her. Like what? You know, desks, chairs, people. Grunt if you have to. Grunt? Yeah, be like, oh, uh, there you go. You don't have to be perfect to be a perfect parent. When you adopt a child from foster care, just being there makes all the difference. To learn more, call 1-888-200-4005. A public service announcement brought to you by Adopt U.S. Kids, the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, and the Ad Council. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com.
it doesn't usually show until after they're in recovery. Or doesn't it show sometimes when they've been drinking? Well, yeah. But the reality of it is that when they're drinking, they a lot of times don't even know what they're doing. You know. Okay. All right. So in your book, then, we're talking about, you said, in terms of, of keeping it physical simply, um, in terms of eating well and exercising, any other things you'd like people to know about keeping it physically simple? Well, I think keeping a... Your perception of things change when you when you get away from addictions in that uh, a lot of people have shopping addictions and eating addictions and things like that. And you will note that as your perception changes about yourself through your mental and emotional thing and your perception changes about a God of your understanding, then the physical need to have these things around you or to try to fill the holes with food, things, and stuff like that gets less and less. And so you find your your home opening up to you. Do you understand? Yes. Your space opening. It's just like opening your mind. That you open your space to a new way of life. And do you think that also includes watching your finances? Oh, watching, certainly, yes. Watching your, your activities, uh, how much it, it can go. In other words, because one of the things you said in the beginning of the program is that you know, you can have many addictions. So if you spend too much, you know, you could also gamble too much. Or you well, and, and one of the problems is that when people give up one addiction, many times they gravitate to a new one immediately. <laughs> so it's awareness is a big deal because you've got to be aware of what you're doing and why you're doing it. And if you're not paying attention, which I think is a big important thing, pay attention not to the words that are coming out of your mouth, to the actions you're taking, to the thoughts you're having. I, I remember a sponsor of mine years ago said to me, do you hear the words coming out of your mouth? <laughs> and I didn't dawn on me until I started listening to what I was saying and, and paying attention to my actions that I was getting ready to fall into another addiction. Uh, Barb, how important, how much of a role... Does the word forgiveness come into all of this? For me, it's everything. You know, it, without forgiving others and forgiving ourselves, we're lost. As long as we hold anger and resentments, even if we stay sober, even if we stay away from our gambling or food or whatever, there's a. it's like a thorn inside our heart. You know, and it just hangs in there, and it grows, and it festers. It is hard to forgive everyone everything, but that's what I believe I have to do. And the other part of that is even when you've done that, sometimes you're so used to feeling sorry for yourself, or so you're used to a certain mentality. Mm -hmm. When you're free of it, you go back to it. Yes. So for example, let's say, you know, you always struggled with money. Right. All of a sudden, you're not struggling anymore. Mm -hmm. Well, you could end up spending it all and being back to the struggle because you're not used to, you haven't accepted the new way. <laughs> exactly, yeah. And that's where you come into, you become what you practice. Interesting. You know, in, in, in our steps, it says we practice these principles in all our affairs. Practice means you do it over and over and over. You don't just do it once and you're good to go, you know. So if people get one thing out of this program today on addictive thinking, on addictive behaviors, what's your message, Barb? 
My message is there is a solution, but it's a lifetime solution. It's not going to happen overnight. And, you know, it's it's a new way of life, a new day and a new way. And and it's going to be that way for the rest of your life. And don't think we can do it ourselves. No. Others can help. You know, others who've been down the path. But the willingness and the awareness has to come from us. And how do we deal with the shame? The shame. God knows I had plenty of that. <laughs> I'll tell you the best thing I ever heard was if you go to God sincerely, whatever God you believe in, and you ask for his forgiveness and you refuse to forgive yourself, you have just set yourself above God. And the other thing that I was told was that when you ask God for forgiveness, he buries it. It's like it never happened. You're the one that keeps digging it up and messing in it. Wow. You know, and and I go back to those two thoughts anytime I encounter shame or guilt is that I can't change the past, but I can change my perception of it and I can do better. And shame does nothing but make me a bad person. It it doesn't help me in any way. So close with three things people can do to uplift themselves. I'm going to say one of them. Get support. Get support. That's Yeah, that's a big one. Um, ask, you know, try spirituality, even if you don't believe it. It worked for me. Okay. Um, and another one? Pay attention to yourself. You know, I think this life is about how we treat ourselves and others. On on the day I pass over, I think that's what I'll be accountable for. And I think every moment and every encounter is important. Barb, thanks so much for being on the program. Thanks for having me, Patricia. It was was wonderful. Stay on the line. It was wonderful. My guest today has been Barb Rogers. She's the author of Keeping It Simple and Sane, Freeing Yourself from Addictive Thinking, you can log on to barbrogersinspirations.com and um, and you can email me, Patricia, at patriciaraskin.com if you have any questions. Folks, you know, as I always say when I close each show, stay healthy, stay happy, get the support you need, and know you can make your dreams come true. No, I'm making my dream come true every time I do this program. And I'm helping you make your dreams come true because of the amazing people that you hear each week that inspire and uplift you and help you turn your problems into solutions and your obstacles to opportunities. Happy New Year, everyone. Have a wonderful week. And I'll talk to you next Monday right here on Positive Living on VoiceAmerica.com. Until next time, have a great New Year. listening to Positive Living with Patricia Raskin, a catalyst for positive change. For an autographed copy of Patricia's book, Pathfindings, Seven Principles for Positive Living, log on to raskinresources.com. And tune in next Monday at 2 p.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Pacific for Positive Living, right here on voiceamerica.com.
Have you ever thought about having your own Internet talk show? Well, if you said yes, then click About Us. Then click Be a Host to get more information. Or just call Jeff Spinard at 480-294-6417. Say that again. 480-294-6417. VoiceAmerica.com. Looking for a good time? We've got a show that will give you a wild ride. This show will make you feel good. And it's not even bad for you. You need your time to let loose. It's time for a feel-good party. Pull up to the computer, mix yourself a drink, and turn up the speakers. Happy Hour is here. Every Tuesday at 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. Eastern, it's called the biggest radio show in the world. Hosted by international personality and pundit, Michael DeMarco. You don't know what's coming next. The biggest radio show in the world on Voice America. America is facing a skilled workforce shortage. SkillsUSA can help. What is SkillsUSA? SkillsUSA is life-changing. SkillsUSA is awesome. SkillsUSA is one of the biggest opportunities life can give you. SkillsUSA is amazing. SkillsUSA is motivating. SkillsUSA specifically prepares you for the workforce. SkillsUSA empowers students to connect with a network of people, starting with their classmates, to their advisors, to other people in their states. SkillsUSA allows students to connect with business and industry, to manage their education, and to really get a feel of the real world. I'm doing something now that's going to be applicable in the real world, and those skills are going to be useful today in school and in five years when I'm working and for the rest of my life. On the web at skillsusa.org. Dad, can I ask you something? Sure. There's this girl I kind of like. Say no more. You just have to impress her. Okay, but how? Just, I don't know, pick up a lot of heavy things around her. Like what? You know, desks, chairs, people. Grunt if you have to. Grunt? Yeah, be like, oh! There you go. You don't have to be perfect to be a perfect parent. When you adopt a child from foster care, just being there makes all the difference. To learn more, call 1-888-200-4005. A public service announcement brought to you by Adopt US Kids, the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, and the Ad Council. Here's a show for baseball players, coaches, parents, and those who love the game. At least 90% of sports success, including baseball, requires mental strength in order to fully benefit from technical ability. And the higher the competition level, the more critical it becomes to possess mental muscle. Tune in every Tuesday at 4 p.m. Pacific time to Championship Thinking, hosted by Jim Meyer and brought to you by the National High School Baseball Coaches Association. Jim, sports psychology coach, trainer, and author of numerous articles and the workbook, Championship Thinking, Building Mental Muscle in Baseball, simplifies the mental game with easy to understand tools and tips with his weekly guests jim draws from successes with professionals college high school and youth teams coaches and players learn how to remain confident and focused at crunch time when pressure tension and anxiety like to make an uninvited appearance tune in and tune up your mental and technical knowledge and skills with championship thinking every tuesday at 4 p.m pacific time right here on america's voice voice america Go behind the scenes of what you see, hear, and read on the news. Learn the ins and outs of public relations on Stars of PR with Cindy R. Every Thursday at 7 a.m. Pacific Time. Cindy Rakowitz is a Clio Award winner and founder of Rock and Roll Public Relations who wants to share her PR experiences and knowledge with you. Learn how to handle a crisis, deal with celebrities, and become a terrific PR executive. 
Listen to the Stars of PR with Cindy R. every Thursday at 7 a.m. Pacific Time here on News Talk Radio, voiceamerica.com. Muscular Development presents Noble Radio, bringing you the latest news, gossip, and controversy from the world of bodybuilding. Uncensored, uncompromised, and unrestrained in true MD style. Hosted by the infamous muscle mob, Larry Pepe, John Romano, and Dave Palumbo. Welcome top IFBB professional bodybuilders, industry insiders, and characters you won't find anywhere else every week. Noble Radio broadcasts each Monday at 4 p.m. Pacific, 7 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America channel. If you've ever wondered what the Stern Show would sound like if Howard was a bodybuilding fan, then tune in and find out. Noble Radio, uncensored, uncompromised, unrestrained. If you're looking for a better way to clean the air in your home or office, you need the all-new ozone light. It's as simple as changing your light bulbs. The ozone light looks like a normal spiral type of light bulb. It screws in most standard light sockets, but it's not a normal light bulb. It's coated with titanium dioxide. It's completely safe, but this unique coating kills most airborne bacteria, mold spores, and neutralizes odors. Just one light cleans the air in an entire room and lasts eight times longer than the normal light bulb. If you have smokers, if you have allergies, if you have pet odors, mold, or mildew, you need the ozone light. It will wipe them out, and you have our word. If you're not satisfied with the way the ozone light cleans the air in your home, simply return it for a full refund. Here's the number to call to order. 800-380-4259. 800-380-4259. Save up to $100 now. 800-380-4259. 800-380-4259. In the spirit of Have Couch, Will Travel, Dr. Carol Lieberman creates a haven of sanity in an increasingly insane world. Each day we are bombarded with news of events that have never crossed our wildest nightmares. Society is spiraling out of control and everyone is reeling from it. But now there's an answer. The best way to keep sane in this insane world is to tune in to Dr. Carol's Couch on Voice America. Dr. Carol, a certified media psychiatrist, will broadcast live from her Beverly Hills office every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific time. Call or log in and get help with whatever is sending you reeling whenever you need a soothing voice to calm and advise you. That's Dr. Carol's Couch every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time here on America's Voice, voiceamerica.com. Wielding power, shaping environments and outcomes, and making things happen are all essential characteristics of great leaders. Yet these qualities alone are not enough to ensure your success. In a complex world, how do you decide what's most important to you? In your career, your relationships, your finances, your family, in the world around you, in the whole of your life at large. Dr. Joseph Riggio, the host of Leadership Intuition, says that personal leadership, the desire to take charge of your life, is the key to creating futures that work and building a life worth living. Join Joseph as he reveals the power of uncovering and living your own personal mythology, the key to personal transformation, exquisite performance, and social influence. Learn to look inside and discover your personal mythology and unique leadership style. Go beyond conventional advice and discover your unique success blueprint on Leadership Intuitions with Dr. Joseph Riggio each Friday at 8 a.m. Pacific, 11 a.m. Eastern on the Voice America channel. Leadership Intuitions, power, achievement, relationships. 
Life can be full of risks. One thing you shouldn't take a risk with ever is your family's health insurance. If you're self-employed or an individual and you need affordable health insurance, you need to make this free call right now and see how the Mega Life and Health Insurance Company can help you get it. We specialize in helping the self-employed and individuals just like you who need affordable health insurance to get it. So call us right now. 888-459-4825. 888 459-4825. Don't take a risk with your family's health insurance. It's not worth it. If you're self-employed or an individual and you need affordable health insurance, call us now and see how we can help you. 888-459-4825. 888-459-4825. 888-459-4825. Home office, Oklahoma City, Oklahoma. Not available in all states. Benefits may vary by state. Are you self-employed or do you run a small business? Then you wear a lot of hats. You're the CEO, sales manager, benefits manager, and sometimes even the janitor. You need to know about the National Association for the Self-Employed. The NASE offers you access to affordable health insurance, dental plans, vision plans, income protection plans, and term life insurance. They even provide access to business advice, tax advice, and emergency road service. Insurance plans are provided by the Mega Life and Health Insurance Company, North Richland Hills, Texas. And there are some exclusions and limitations. So call now to learn how we can help your small business grow. 800 800- 327-0580-800-327-0580. Not licensed in New York. Policy series on file and association membership is required. Call now. 800-327-0580. 800-327-0580. Hey, how you doing? Educational videos, top quality, right here. You'll never hear anyone selling education on the street. Yo, what's up, baby? Want to learn some history? I got live learning, beautiful books inside. And don't expect anyone to just offer you an education. Who needs a high school diploma, huh? And fortunately, you can't buy a diploma from some guy with a briefcase. But there is one way you can get the educational skills you and your family need for free. With free family learning programs. Call 1-877-FAMLET-1 for information on free GED, computer training classes, and other family learning programs. That's 1-877-FAMLIT-1. Check it out, check it out. Well, your GED right here, guaranteed, ma. Come on, check it out. After all, you can't get your education on the street. Free family learning programs from the National Center for Family Literacy. The first step to a better life. Brought to you by the National Center for Family Literacy and the Ad Council. Radio by George is a lifestyle program dedicated to improving the lives of listeners by focusing on the holistic growth of their mind, body, and spirit. Host Eddie George shares his life experiences as well as the experiences of his guest commentators and experts with the listening audience to focus them toward reaching their personal and professional goals. Tune in every Monday afternoon at 1 p.m. PST. 
4 p.m. EST to Radio by George on the Voice America channel and learn more from the life experiences of a man who went from being a somewhat unruly kid in the streets of Philadelphia to a retired professional athlete who has become a role model for not only young people but for businessmen and women globally. Plan to spend your Monday afternoons with Eddie George and his empowering talk radio show, Radio by George. That's every Monday at 1 p.m. PST, right here on the Voice America channel. What can you tell me about SkillsUSA? SkillsUSA teaches you employability skills. So you know how to deal with people, you have teamwork, your resume is going to look awesome. Well, it's important to know your technical skills, but not only that, to have soft skills, the skills of learning how to communicate with people. On the web at skillsusa.org. Looking for a good time? We've got a show that will give you a wild ride. This show will make you feel good. And it's not even bad for you. You need your time to let loose. It's time for a feel-good party. Pull up to the computer, mix yourself a drink, and turn up the speakers. Happy Hour is here. Every Tuesday at 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. Eastern, it's called the biggest radio show in the world. Hosted by international personality and and pundit Michael DeMarco. You don't know what's coming next. The biggest radio show in the world on Voice America. Hey, Dad. What? I can't get the ketchup bottle open. Here, let me try. Here you go. Thanks. You don't have to be a hero to be a hero. When you adopt a child from foster care, just being there makes all the difference. To learn more, call 1-888-200-4005. A public service announcement brought to you by Adopt US Kids, the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, and the Ad Council. Do you know that over 70% of Americans with severe disabilities are unemployed? Are you one of the 2.5 million Americans with epilepsy? If you are or know someone struggling with these issues, tune in to Disability Matters with Joyce Bender. On the show, Joyce will discuss these issues as well as others. She will have on nationally known guests that will offer helpful insight on disability matters and let you, the listener, call in with your questions and concerns. So if you struggle with a disability or know someone who does, listen to Disability Matters with Joyce Bender. Heard every Tuesday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time here on VoiceAmerica.com. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com. success begins today. Welcome to the Development Connection with your host, Amy Hines. This is a professional development show to help you get that extra edge to move ahead. Now, here's your host, Amy Hines.
organizations that actually recognize the importance of developing their people in these areas benefit by having more productive working relationships, better outcomes, better communications, less conflict, and enhanced uh, personal satisfaction in their work groups and teams. Would you agree with that? Oh, absolutely. I see it in all of the organizations that I work with that the, the leaders and the managers and the supervisors are team leaders that have really consciously focused on developing their emotional intelligence and their ability to work with other people, to listen to other people, and to solve problems in a collaborative fashion certainly have an advantage in the workplace. Yeah, great. Now, what what would you say, what is your definition of emotional intelligence? Well, you know, I have found in the work that I've done that there are many, many different definitions of emotional intelligence out there, and really there aren't any universally accepted ones. So I tend to refer to a variety of these um, definitions. Of course, I, I use Daniel Goleman's definition, as I know you do, and then I will also oftentimes use Reuven Baron, who is the author of the EQI. I'll use his definition, which is um, emotional intelligence is an array of capabilities competencies and skills that influence one's abilities to succeed in coping with environmental demands. And then the other definition that I oftentimes use comes from Kate Cannon, who is a a good friend and a professional colleague and is definitely recognized as an expert in the field of emotional intelligence. And Kate's definition is that emotional intelligence is about using the wisdom of emotions as a source of information, motivation, and connection. I like that one because it's simple and, frankly, it's the one that is the easiest for me to understand and explain to people. Yeah, and I like that also. And what I always say is the first step in this journey is for team members to understand themselves. The journey starts by developing emotional awareness and the ability to recognize and modify, if needed, one's own communication or behavioral style in order to build relationships. Absolutely. Now, how can someone make the connection between emotional intelligence and career development? That's a really good question, Amy, and it's it's one that I um, have been asked quite a lot. And frankly, when I'm working with teams, talking about the connection of emotional intelligence to career development or career planning, career management, whatever they call it, one of the first questions that I'll ask them is to describe for me the attributes, behaviors, or characteristics of people that they consider to be successful in their careers. And what's interesting is that I'll get responses like, People who are, they're motivated or they take initiative or they're curious, they're good listeners, they have an ability to manage conflict or um, they're collaborative, optimistic, can handle stress. So I get this laundry list of attributes, behaviors, and characteristics. And what's interesting, because I'll step back from the list and I'll ask people what's missing. And that's when they realize that What they don't have up there is something to the effect that, you know, it's the smartest person in the room. And so there really is no reference to EQ, or to IQ, the cognitive side of us. And I heard you talk about that a little bit earlier. But it's all of these attributes that I just described could be easily mapped to 
the emotional intelligence competencies. So, yes, and also I, with that, you know, Daniel Goldman in working with emotional intelligence, in his book he says that EI competencies such as self-awareness and self-regulation and motivation, yes. empathy, and social skills support the skills that account for 76% of the effectiveness of um, leading and successful managers. Absolutely. So it's really the people who know and have an ability to manage their feelings well, who can read and deal effectively with other people's feelings, frankly, they have an advantage, whether it be personal, social, or professional. And certainly these are the things that will help a leader be more successful. Yeah, so I guess what, what you're saying is as work group and members start to develop an understanding of each other's strengths, behavioral strengths and value systems collectively, they can start to develop strategies to synergize the work or the product to effectively accomplish the organizational goals. Exactly. Yeah. So what would you say, what is your view on how EI can actually help individuals grow and develop? Well, you know, the good news here is that unlike IQ, the cognitive side of us, and I heard you, you say that we stopped growing in that area right around the time that we're about 2021, the good news is that emotional intelligence can continue to grow and develop over our lifetime as a result of just the natural maturing process that happens and different life experiences that we have and, frankly, making some conscious choices about wanting to change. So I think that the, the first step is always being aware of and really honest about how we how we feel, and it, it helps us make better decisions in all areas of our life. I mean, I remember my big wake-up call from a career perspective was when I um, took a job that uh, I thought was, in retrospect, of course it wasn't a real good use of my skill set, but it had a great title, it had a great paycheck, and... Um, up to this point, all of my jobs had been mostly working with people and relationships, developing people, all those kind of areas of focus. And so this was more of a shift into operations management, financial analysis and forecasting. And I always tell people that this was both the worst job and the best job. It was the worst job because it wasn't using enough of my natural talents but I always tell people it was really the best job because it um, helped me learn more about how a business functions and operates. But mostly what I learned was that I never wanted, it was the work that I never wanted to do again. So this is about creating that awareness in my gut for what I was really good at and to be true to those feelings that were giving me signals all along that this particular job was really not a good fit. Oh, wow. Okay. And also leadership can look into ways that members can work members can work together both as a group and at the level of individual um, relationships. And I know as we talk, I, t- I want to tell my listeners that there's a lot of books and articles and resources to teach about how emotional intelligence actually affects our personal lives and work. And from all of the articles and research articles and the books and everything that I've read, all of the research points to this. Improve your emotional intelligence and you will improve your success. Absolutely. Yeah, so in your opinion, how does one 
develop or enhance this self-awareness skill? You know, of course, self-awareness is the, the place that we should be starting. And um, I think that if any of your listeners are interested in learning more about emotional intelligence and they take a look at the gazillion of models that are out there and available to look at, they're going to see that one of the consistent themes is always emotional self-awareness. So it's, it's the anchor, it's the foundation of any of these models. So what I tell people is a good place to start in creating the self-awareness is to really pay attention to how you think and how you think about and how you verbalize your feelings. Yes. So most of us, myself included, have a fairly limited feeling word vocabulary, so we tend to use the same words over and over. And um, what I tell people, though, is that there are so many words out there that can more accurately describe a wide range of emotions. So, for example, if you think about words like, um, I'm, I'm feeling happy. Happy. Today. Lisa, let me do this. Let me ask you to hold your thought on that. We're going to get ready. To, we're going to take our um, next break. And okay. I want you to think about um, my listeners. Self-awareness development is very important to personal development and success because our actions and the words we use are evaluated and accepted or rejected by others around us. So the degree um, to which others accept or reject our behaviors is the determinant of our interpersonal communication skills. So self-awareness and emotional intelligence is very important, and we'll finish this discussion when we come back from our next break. Talk, talk, talk. That's all we do is talk. If you'd like to talk, call us toll-free right now at 1-866-472-5787. 1-866-472-5787. That's it. That's it. VoiceAmerica.com. Are you where you want to be in life? Do you have the mindset to reach ultimate success? Let Amy Himes be a part of your professional development team today to help you connect with your dreams tomorrow. Amy is the founder of the Development Connection. She's a corporate psychologist, personal development coach, leadership development expert, and successful real estate investor. Amy works with individuals and teams through several psychology-based interventions to help clients reach peak performance. The Development Connection helps organizations increase productivity through the development of their human capital with supervised training workshops, leadership development seminars, and team building events. Amy uses a practical, hands-on approach to help her clients change their mindset and behavior to reach ultimate success. Her warm and effervescent style of teaching makes her presentations and coaching sessions enjoyable and easy to comprehend. Amy's available worldwide for consulting engagements, training seminars, and professional coaching. Let Amy Himes put her expertise to work for you today. Contact Amy at amyhimes.com. What's it like? What's it like? It's lonely. It's really lonely. I miss my brother. I miss my brother. I'm surrounded by other people, but it's not the same. I've got other people around me, but it's not the same. It's pretty scary, but I don't let it rattle it's me. It's scary around here, but I don't let it rattle me. You always have to watch your back. There's no one to watch my back. I spend my whole day worried who's out to get me. I'm always wondering who's out to get me. But I can take care of myself. But I can take care of myself. 
No matter what, I'll keep my head up. No matter what, I'll keep my head up. It's not like I have a choice. It's not like I have a choice. This'll all be over in five years, three months, and seventeen days. This'll all be over in five years, three months, and seventeen days. Go to jail for a gun crime and your family serves a sentence with you. Something to think about before committing a gun crime. Gun crimes hit home. This message brought to you by Project Safe Neighborhoods and the Ad Council. Everything you want, everything you want to do, and everything you want to have is right at your fingertips. People think that accomplishing your goals has to be difficult. Guess what? It doesn't. All you need are the right tools and a map. And that is what author, professional speaker, and now talk radio host Charmin Lane is offering you. Join Charmin Wednesday afternoons at 11 a.m. Pacific, 2 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America channel for success made simple. VoiceAmerica.com You're listening to The Development Connection with your host, Amy Hines. If you have a question or comment for Dr. Amy and her guests, please call in at 866-472-5788. That number again is 866-472-5788. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to the show. You're listening to The Development Connection with Amy Himes, and I am your host, Dr. Amy Himes, and today we're talking about managing your emotions in the workplace and emotional intelligence, and my guest today is Ms. Lisa Griebel from Crescendo, Inc., and we were just talking about self-awareness, and one thing that I want to say is the research shows that a lot of what determines our success is this emotional intelligence. It is how you do your job, assessing the full potential of your talents, and your capacity for learning skills for self-awareness, motivation, self-regulation, empathy, and relationship skills. So becoming self-aware is the first step to improving our interpersonal effectiveness. Lisa? Yeah. Now, before break, you were sharing some information. If you would continue on. Well, I was just talking about the need to develop a more fluent uh, feeling word vocabulary. And what I was uh, saying was that when we think about how we feel, typically we'll use pretty bland words like, I feel happy, I feel sad, I feel angry. And what I suggest to people to start out in this um, process of developing self-awareness is to take a look at the range and the intensity of the words that they use because really once we say those words, once those words come out of our mouths, we can actually feel that feeling. So if we think about the range of words between happy and ecstatic or, um, for example, uh, angry and enraged, there's quite a range in there of feelings, right? And so... Um, what I tell people is we want to create an awareness for what those are, and then throughout our day, maybe we want to just jot down periodically, you know, this is how I'm feeling, but then tie it also to what's going on. So what's the triggering event? And then physically, how are you responding to this? Right, and also with um, self-awareness, I always say that most of our behaviors are natural for us. You know, we aren't aware of the impact that these behaviors have on others. And this sometimes leaves us with, you know, that blind spot 
you know, where others don't want to probably don't want to mention to us because they don't want to hurt our feelings or they're afraid of the reaction from us, um, or sometimes they just don't care. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. So through self-awareness, we can actually learn what impact our behaviors, both positive and negative, have on others. And I always say it's that knowledge that helps us to become more effective in our intentions or our interaction with others. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, and the other, the other thing that it does, which is really quite interesting, and, and I heard you talk about this earlier, is that our emotions inform our actions. And so um, just being aware of what happens when I'm talking to a colleague at work and all of a sudden my stomach starts tightening up or my hands start um, getting tense or my heart starts racing or maybe I'm being handed a project at work, that those are kind of the feelings that are going on in me. Those are signals. That's the information that I need to make a decision about do I want to do this project? Do I want to work with this team member? What kind of feedback do I need? What do I need to ask for in order to make this situation work for me? Absolutely. And then once we become self-aware, then we can examine and change the behaviors that need changing. Exactly. And But I always tell people that option is absolutely yours, theirs. So... So are the consequences if they decide not to change. So when we choose to seek ways to modify our undesirable behaviors, we begin the process of self-regulation. Now, this is a conscious process where uh, many people ask for input from their family members, from trusted coworkers or friends, or a professional coach. So this is where we come in. Coaches like Lisa and I come in and help individuals, organizations, and teams to really work through this emotional intelligence and help the organization and the individual to benefit. But one great part about it is not like it's just the organization that will benefit. There's no way someone can go through emotional intelligence training or coaching and don't come out of the other end a better person. So that's something that's very, um, very, very important. So we talked about self-awareness, self-regulation, and then we move on down to awareness of interpersonal skills, which also helps us understand why others behave the way they do. Now, this skill is called empathy. It does not require that we agree with other people. Rather, empathy actually challenges us to understand and accept the notion that others have the right to be different. That's right. That's right. And that's why empathy is so important. Empathy actually helps us to become better listeners. Exactly. And more efficient at reading and interpreting nonverbal cues in others. So I always say empathy makes us better learners. It makes us better learners. It makes us uh, better people because we can also deal more effectively with conflict. That is just quite a natural part of any kind of organizational life. So when we're aware of how we how we feel, how we respond, and the impact that we have on other people, and we start managing that in ourselves to be aware of what other people are experiencing and and how to help them in a conflict situation is um, very powerful. Yes, and also I always bring this up. I when you look at statistics in a study that was done. Um, back when um, Dr. Biotis did the study of 12,000 managers and executives, right. and he found out that 
80% of star performers' competencies, and these are the people who are getting promoted within organizations, 80% of their competencies were directly related to emotional intelligence skills. Mm-hmm. So I think that's major. So what I'm saying is if people want to get promoted within their organizations, I think they need to try to find out more about emotional intelligence and how to become more emotionally intelligent. So that's something that's very, very important. And also, our interpersonal skills can help us obtain employment, or they can cause our employment to be terminated. Correct. Yeah, so it's incumbent on us to learn about ourselves as others see us and not just as how we see ourselves in the mirror. Right. So that's something that's very important. So it starts with self-awareness, which means looking in the mirror. So I want to talk a little bit, Lisa, about this, um, the EQI assessment okay. and how this can actually help individuals. So first, what is the this assessment and how can it benefit individuals on a quest for personal growth? Well, there are many different assessments out there to measure emotional um, emotional intelligence. The EQI just happens to be the first scientific instrument to assess emotional and social functioning. It was released in 1997. It, it is called the EQI, Emotional Quotient Inventory, and it was developed by Dr. Reuven Baron. It's considered reliable and valid based on numerous statistical analyses, and I believe that at this point, more than a million people have taken it worldwide. Wow. And um, so what I particularly like about this assessment, and, and again, I was certified to start using it back in the late 90s, and what I like about it is its versatility. So what it measures are 15 different emotional competencies, many of which you've already mentioned and that are measured within the um, Goldman's model as well. But the EQI will take a look at the intrapersonal side of us, self-regard, emotional self-awareness, assertiveness, independence, and self-actualization. It will also look at, obviously, the interpersonal side, empathy, social responsibility, interpersonal relationships, and there are 15 competencies that it measures. Okay. And I always say with, when you're looking at emotional intelligence and looking at different assessments, I always say, you know, we all know people who are really smart, yet they just aren't very successful. Right. And we may also know a few people who just appear to be um, very bright, yet yet they just seem to do, not. they appear not to be very bright, yet they just seem to do really, really well. And surprisingly, things just seem to go their way. Right. Well, it's because they know how to use emotional intelligence. And with all of that, um, before we go to our next break, Lisa, I would love to give you the opportunity to tell individuals, especially those human resources people, trainers, internal consultants, and coaches, how they can actually get certified on a tool like the EQI. Okay. Sure. I'm happy to talk about that. I run four certification programs a year, typically, and these are three-day programs where somebody gets Um, certified to be able to administer, analyze, and interpret the EQI assessment. And my next session is actually happening next week, but I do have another one coming up in September and December. And there is a lot of information on my website, which is www.crescendoinc.com. 
dot com, and people can just um, go there and take a look at all the information, everything that will be covered during the class. But I have um, been certifying now for over a year and just have met the most incredible people that really, really are truly committed to making a difference wow. in people's lives. So it's very exciting work that we're involved in. Okay. Well, Lisa, I really appreciate you sharing that with me and, share, and appreciate you being here with these two segments talking about emotional intelligence. And I just want to remind everybody that emotional intelligence is a form of intelligence relating to the emotional side of life, such as the ability to recognize and manage one's own and others' emotions. So we'll be right back after this break. Thanks, Amy. Ask the experts. Call toll-free right now, 1-866-472-5787. And ask our all-star team to answer your questions. That's 1-866-472-5787. Thank you for calling. VoiceAmerica.com. Everything you want, everything you want to do, and everything you want to have is right at your fingertips. People think that accomplishing your goals has to be difficult. Guess what? It doesn't. All you need are the right tools and a map. And that is what author, professional speaker, and now talk radio host Charmin Lane is offering you. Join Charmin Wednesday afternoons at 11 a.m. Pacific, 2 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America channel for success made simple. Are you where you want to be in life? Do you have the mindset to reach ultimate success? Let Amy Himes be a part of your professional development team today to help you connect with your dreams tomorrow. Amy is the founder of the Development Connection. She's a corporate psychologist, personal development coach, leadership development expert, and successful real estate investor. Amy works with individuals and teams through several psychology-based interventions to help clients reach peak performance. The Development Connection helps organizations increase productivity through the development of their human capital with supervised training workshops, leadership development seminars, and team building events. Amy uses a practical, hands-on approach to help her clients change their mindset and behavior to reach ultimate success. Her warm and effervescent style of teaching makes her presentations and coaching sessions enjoyable and easy to comprehend. Amy's available worldwide for consulting engagements, training seminars, and professional coaching. Let Amy Himes put her expertise to work for you today. Contact Amy at amyhimes.com. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com You're listening to The Development Connection with your host, Amy Hines. If you have a question or comment for Dr. Amy and her guests, please call in at 866-472-5788. That number again is 866-472-5788. Now, back to the show. Well, welcome back. You're listening to The Development Connection with Amy Himes, and I am your host, Dr. Amy Himes, and today we're talking about emotions and emotional intelligence. And um, here, here's some more statistics that I want to share with you. In 2001, the Center for Creative Leadership, which is a leader in leadership training and research, reported that key leadership skills and perspectives are related to aspects of emotional intelligence and that the absence of emotional intelligence was related to career derailment. Researchers demonstrated the direct role of emotional intelligence 
and all levels of leadership, management, and supervision. So these um, findings clearly indicated that a leader's EI can predict the potential for successful leadership. So let me give you some um, habits of emotionally intelligent people. One, they label their feelings rather than labeling people or situations. For example, I feel impatient versus this is ridiculous. I feel hurt and bitter versus you are an insensitive person. So also here's something else that they do. Emotionally intelligent people distinguish between their thoughts and their feelings. They take responsibility for their feelings. They use their feelings to help them make decisions. They show respect for other people's feelings. They feel energized and not angry. They validate other people's feelings by showing empathy, understanding, and acceptance of other people's feelings. They practice getting a positive value from their negative emotions. And here's something else that they do. They avoid people who invalidate them or don't respect their feelings. So that's something to think about. But I want to ask you, ask my listeners, um, if you know what brainwave patterns are, do you? So if you don't, let me tell you what they are, and here's something you need to know. So get your paper and pen to jot this down. Now, 24 hours a day, nerve cells in your brain are generally electrical, are generating electrical impulses that fluctuate rhythmically in distinct patterns called brainwave patterns. Did you know that? Now, these patterns are closely correlated with your thoughts, your emotions, your state of being, the functioning of the various systems of your body, and in essence, the entire quality of your life. And there are four categories of brainwave patterns, alpha, beta, beta, and delta. Now, the most rapid is called beta brainwave patterns, and these are the patterns of normal waking consciousness. Beta is associated with concentration, arousal, um, and at the highest, most rapid levels, beta is associated with anxiety, disharmony, unease, feelings of separation, or that fight or flight feeling. So as you become more relaxed, your brainwave activity flows into what is called alpha brainwaves. Now, alpha patterns vary from deep alpha, a state of deep relaxation, which is often referred to as the twilight zone between sleep and wake, to higher end of alpha, which is more focused, yet still very relaxed, a very relaxed state. Now, alpha is associated with relaxation, super learning, uh, pre-sleep, pre-waking, drowsiness, the beginning of access to your unconscious mind. Also, it's involved with relaxed focus, like trance, and meditation. Now, in this state, you have the ability to learn, to process, to store, and recall large amounts of information quickly and efficiently in this super learning state. This is why it's associated with super learning. Now, slower still, there are your theta waves, and theta is best known as the brainwave state of dreaming sleep but it's all associated with a number of other beneficial states, including increased creativity, increased memory abilities, and what are called integrative 
experiences where we make broadly based positive changes in the way we see ourselves, others, or a certain life situation. Now, data waves in your brain are where uh, aha experiences come from or where we suddenly get it. We have an insight or we get bursts of great ideas that suddenly comes to us. That's data waves. So you can probably see why putting yourself in this state might increase your effectiveness. And then with the delta stage, that is your dreamless sleep when human growth hormone is relieved, deep, deep trance-like non-physical state or a loss of body awareness. And the true wealth of an individual's peak performance is in, guess what? Guess which one? Alpha waves. Only in recent decades have experts experts actually discovered the remarkable remarkable brainwave patterns that form our inner being and the brains of genius level people. Um, and the consistent finding has been that genius people have high levels of alpha brainwaves operating in their minds a predominant amount of time. So those high-level brain waves known as beta, they're really getting a real bad rap these days because actually most studies have thrown them out because the true wealth of an individual is, individual's peak performance is in alpha waves where we are relaxed and being creative. So are you beginning to see the possibilities here? And best of all, beta is also a state of tremendous stress relief Theta is, and the slower theta wave patterns, the brain makes lots of relaxing endorphins that really do melt your stress away and make you feel better. So here's a quick recap. Beta is concentration. Alpha is relaxed state. They're super, that super learning state. Theta is your dreaming state, and then delta is your um, dreamless sleep state. So now let's talk a little bit about emotional competence. Um, framework. Just keep in mind that um, the whole emotional intelligence framework, we have so, um, self-awareness, self-regulation, motivation, empathy, and social skills. And with self-awareness, is really about recognizing one's emotions and their effect. And that's something that's very, very important. Now, here's something I want you to think about. There's a scripture, um, Philippines 4.13 says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. So know this, the road to success is not straight. I want to share with you a passage that was sent to me some time ago, and it says, there's a curve called failure, a loop called confusion, speed bumps called friends, red lights called enemies, and caution lights called family. You'll have flats called jobs. However, if you have a spear called determination, an engine called perseverance, insurance called faith, and a driver called Jesus, you will make it a place to a place called success. So that's something that's very, very important to remember. And your thought plus your emotion equal attraction, and that's what the law of attraction is all about. So remember that emotions are powerful. When you are thinking positive thoughts about about yourself, you're thinking about your dreams, you're writing them down, and then putting goals behind them. This is what Robert Allen in his book, The One-Minute Manager, called an enlightened millionaire. Remember that your thoughts are the vehicle to move you towards your goal, and your emotions are the fuel that powers this vehicle. So try to always stay in a positive flow. 
flow state and utilize positive emotions and get rid of the negative emotions. So the key to mastering the law of attraction is to understand that you are responsible for everything in your life, everything. At some level, you are responsible. And once you accept that, you are the, that you are the maker of your own reality, you will see that you have the power to change that reality into anything you wish. So remember that if you change your thinking, you can change your life. And what you need to do is develop a healthy self-image for yourself. So everything that comes into your life, you are attracting into your life, and you're attracting that for a good good way. So I am Amy Himes, and I want to thank my guest, Lisa Griebel, for joining me today. To my executive producer, Ms. Brandy, and also my friend and assistant, assisting me in the studio today, Ms. Andrea Cron-Miller. And I can't leave without saying a thank you to my